you don't feel like yourself. In this relationship, you feel like you're walking on eggshells. You don't know how to act when you're in public or when you're around their friends. You aren't sure if you should hold hands. You're uncomfortable talking about your feelings because you don't know if they're on the same page. All of these things mean you don't feel comfortable being you. Okay, this is, I understand who this uh, dating coach is. She's uh, <laughs> the the platitudes garbage dating coach. I Okay, I see it. You can just tell by the stock, <laughs> by the stock pictures and crap. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so again, notice when she said you're, you're anxious, you don't know how to feel, you don't know how to act, you don't know how to... This is literally... The only man that women choose, women only choose men that are capable of creating that kind of anxiety in them. They don't choose any other guy. They literally, actively don't choose any other guy. So if, he, if she feels totally comfortable, totally confident, everything is totally fine, and she calls you perfect, yeah, she, she uh, feels totally comfortable. And if she feels totally comfortable, it means she's totally in control. If she's totally in control, you're not in control, which means that you're not leading your relationship, which means that you're a useful idiot to her. You're a beta male. And any relationship where you have to twist yourself into somebody that you're not in order to keep the peace, it only starts a war inside of you. And those kind of relationships, they always blow up. The That's not true. Uh, yeah, it's it's BS, right? So what is she saying? She's saying, if you're not in control, your relationship will explode. No, that's not true. Sorry. Second sign, you're constantly questioning how you should communicate. If you're nervous about sending a text, ask... Right, right, because relationships are all about communication, right? They're not about... Yeah, no. Okay, guys, I'm telling you. If you believe as a man that relationships are all about communication, you're talking to her all the time, you're always available, uh, you don't have anything else to do, she's the top priority in your life, you're going to have a bad time, I'm telling you, because relationships are not about communication. Asking if they want to hang out, or do you obsess over whether they opened your snap but they haven't responded, or how long it's been since they texted you back? Do they watch your Instagram story but not respond to your text messages? Are you compulsively checking social media to try to get the clues you need that it's okay to reach out? Any relationship where you spend more time questioning rather than talking about communication is a relationship that's broken. Yeah, so what is she saying? If you as the woman are not in control, your relationship is over. Because all of this is from a feminine frame, so obviously the, the majority of her audience is women. Um, yeah, no. Like, relationships are not all about communication. It's not all about... Yeah, it, it's funny because in the stock images, she puts, like, men there too. Uh, no, this is not advice for men. Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, uh, there's there's a Patreon Newly revamped, posting weekly content, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe. You can also drop me a donation like Tom M here. Shout out to him. Uh, let's continue. Yeah, this, this girl's full of hot air. Like, she's totally wrong. Totally wrong. Sign number three. 
you think about where the relationship stands all the time. So do you constantly think about questions like, where is this going? Are we exclusive? Are we committed? Can I introduce you to my family? And yeah, this is called dread or anxiety. So when a guy has many, many options, right? When a guy has many options, the girl is always wondering, will I be replaced? Does he like me? Does he not like me? Can I, is, am I the best he can do? Am I the best bedroom fun he's ever had? And on and on and on and on. And this emotional roller coaster that it puts the girl on is what makes her fall in love, guys. So it's funny. She says the relationship is broken. But what she's actually saying is, once you've had your fun and are ready to settle down, look for a guy that, you know, is a loser. You know, you have uh, open communication. He, uh, he doesn't cause the tingles. He doesn't give you any anxiety. He just falls into your frame and just does everything you want. Do you see what I'm saying, guys? This dating advice is terrible for men. Because if you believe this, all that's going to happen is the girl is going to be with Chad. She's gonna, and then you're going to be the emotional, um, the the emotional, um, the guy that has to take all of the all the emotional garbage. And then she'll go to a new Chad. Then she'll go to a new Chad. Then she'll go to a new Chad. And eventually, when she's 35, 36, then finally she'll be with you, and she's not even able to have children anymore. And what message does that send? I would never have children with you, loser. Now, take care of me financially. It's, like, just ridiculous. And take you to a work event. How should I introduce you? What are you thinking? What do you say about me? Not knowing where you stand means this relationship doesn't stand a chance. Again, right? So if the boyfriend doesn't define the relationship or the man doesn't... Like, do you see what I'm saying, guys? It's not about this at all. Okay, let me tell you what it's actually about, what relationships are actually about. The most stable relationships is when the man is two points of attractiveness more attractive than the girl. That's one. Um, when the guy is a guy that other men want to be and other women want to be with, so when he has options, either he's pursuing those options or he's not, but either way, he's able to get other options. Um, and when he is uh, hypergamously superior to her. So what I mean is women always want a man who's superior, right? So I already explained about the two points more attractive, but here's the thing, right? Women want a guy who's taller, stronger, smarter, faster, better friends, more friends, more charismatic, better job, everything, everything better than her. This is why you see a nurse, she's married to a doctor. You see, you know... Um, uh, paralegal, she's married to a lawyer. You see, uh, do you see what I'm saying, guys? And this is why so many women that are so-called strong, independent, boss, babes, CEO, girls, whatever, why they can't find a man. Because as the girls get better, you know, like in their own eyes, right, as they become more masculine and, and, and pursue more masculine endeavors, they want the guys that they're with to be even more superior than them. And obviously, that's not going to happen because the, the percentage of men that are that successful are agonizingly small, which means that those men have much more options and the likelihood that he'll choose you is very, very low. The likelihood that you become a cat lady is incredibly high.
So a lot of these girls have become strong and independent. Like like this, I mean, maybe Mel is married, but girls that sort of have her mentality, her attitude, and or at her age and still single, um, yeah, these are the girls that are likely to end up being cat ladies, right? So just keep that in mind, guys. This advice is toxically bad for you. If you listen to this, you will be destroyed, man or woman. Because it simply doesn't um, account for for the truth. Oh, and there's more. What do men desire in women? Okay, so men desire the following, what is it, five traits? Fair, feminine, submissive, loyal, bedroom fun, uh, yeah, bedroom fun, loyal, and cooperative. So what is that? Six qualities. So if you're not fit, doesn't matter. Guy's not even going to look at you. Right? Because you you as a girl are not competitive. It doesn't matter how strong and independent you are. It doesn't matter what your career is. If you're not fit, sorry. Also, if you're too old, right? Like, if a girl's 35 plus, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the guy is not able to have children with you. He's not able to achieve his biological imperative, which is reproduction. And he knows you're not able to achieve your biological imperative because women's fertility drops over 37. So imagine this. Guy commits to you, Right? You know, he's got to learn who you are and what your attitude is and what your personality is like. It takes like a year. And then let's say you get married. Um, again, this is unlikely. I wouldn't recommend marriage in 2023. But, you know, let's say we're following the quote-unquote traditional path. By the time everything is arranged, you're, you know, you're living together, you're in a house together, married, etc., She's already too old to even have children because women's fertility drops off sharply at 37, right? So if you've wasted all this time sleeping with Chaz, and by the way, women are very likely to be alpha widows at that age, right? At 35 plus. So again, like, women need to make intelligent decisions when they're young, and men too, right? So as a man, what you need to do is you need to work on yourself. You need to become strong. You need to become competitive. So you you have to be physically fit. You have to work on yourself. You have to work on your career. You have to, you know, be better than other men. The burden of performance is on men, right? And when you are, you'll have lots of options, not just one, right? So women are a lagging indicator of success, right? Like, as you become successful, you'll notice more and more women are attracted to you. And it's not just in a money sense, right? You as a man have to be successful in many ways. You have to be, like, more charismatic. You have to be stronger, more physically fit. You have to be, and also good in your career. All of these things, right? And when I say charismatic, I mean, you know, good at game. Like, you know how to talk to girls. You know uh, how to have a date. You know how to have bedroom fun. You know all this stuff. You know you know how to lead a relationship. You know, you know all of this. This is the kind of man that has lots and lots and lots of options, right? Um, so th- that's just how it is, guys. It's not about this this woo-woo nonsense that this lady's talking about. Okay, anyway, uh, on to an article by Rola Tomasi. We'll go back to the video in a sec. Our sister's keeper. So here's the, the quote. Men are to blame for women's behavior. The feminine imperative only has as much power as men have allowed it to have. Hypergamy, open or otherwise, wouldn't be the unrestrained social juggernaut it's become without men's complicity or accomplice. This quote is a go-to rationalization I read a lot from women just coming to terms with their first taste of the RP. Unfortunately, it's also become a common refrain among certain sets in the manosphere. This rationale is usually particular to the moral absolutist strains of the manosphere. 
When I read it from women, it's kind of ironic considering it usually comes from women who share in the same moral absolutism, who are so different when they were in college, but they've had their epiphany and got right with with God. They often cling to the strong independent identity for themselves, but turn over a rock and show them the visceral, observable, ugly truth of unfettered hypergamy, and then it's men um, men's partial or total responsibility for fostering women's conditions. It becomes men's fault for not having the fortitude and presence of mind to correct them when they needed it. Never mind the lifetime of BP conditioning that taught them that judging women made them M-word. I understand the axiom that men and women get the men and women they deserve, but I wanted to explore this blame game dynamic a bit more. Okay, so... Uh, from Validation Hunting and the Jenny Barn Epiphany. So this is just an article that Rollo wrote before. The feminine imperative relies on memes and conventions which shift the, ownership of, uh, shift the ownership of women's personal liabilities for their bedroom fund strategy to men. When men are blamed for the negative consequences of women's bedroom fund strategy, it helps to blunt the painful truths that Jenny Barn is, to a credit, honestly confronting an article at 30 years old, and the SMV balance shifts towards enabling men's capacity to affect their own bedroom fund strategy. As I was writing the adaptation series, it occurred to me that men on the ends of both the alpha and beta spectrum adapt their own bedroom fund strategies in accord with the bedroom fund marketplace and how the environment dictates the approach to what seems the most efficient. As I stated in the last post, hypergamy is nothing if not pragmatic and efficient. However, men's adapting to the market, dictates of hypergamy, has to be equally efficient if that guy has to fulfill his own bedroom fund imperative. Pragmatism doesn't have time for how things should be. You make the best play with what's in front of you. Just to illustrate, for about 25 years or so, pop culture strongly pointed men towards a bedroom fund strategy that could be defined as beta game. Play nice, respect the woman by default, be supportive of her self-image and ambitions to the sacrifice of your own, don't judge her and do your utmost to identify with the feminine, and that was the call to action that deductively should make a man more attractive to a woman. It's like what this what this dating coach lady is saying. You, you heard it. Furthermore... The intra-bedroom fund combat amongst men for bedroom fund qualification was at least ostensibly focused on out-supporting, out-sympathizing, out-emoting, and out-identifying with the feminine more so than other men. To set oneself apart from quote-unquote other guys, the seemingly most strategic tact was to accept what women said they wanted from men. To pragmatically affect this, men gladly joined the chorus of ridiculing conventional masculinity denouncing and resisting the very element that would in fact have set them apart from the nebulous other guys. Exactly. Which is being competitive, right? So while this is an illustration of men's deductive pragmatism and their adapting to the SMP, it's also an illustration of how the adaptation can work against men's best interests. Between the 80s, 90s, and into the early 2000s, this adaptation involved men following women's lead to systematically turn conventional, positive masculinity into ridiculous, or bad associations of macho-ness. Later, defining the very idea of masculinity would progress from ambiguousness to women's being the sole authority of what masculinity should mean to a man. Women and moral agency. For as long as I've read and commented on uh, the Christomanosphere blogs, a common thread has cropped up again and again. The debate as to whether women have the same moral agency or the same accountability for it as men. I've always found it fascinating because for all my dealing in cold, harsh, observable facts, I've never paused to consider that women might have some excusable reason for their ethically challenged behavior. In my own estimate, hypergamy isn't inherently bad or good. It just depends on whether you find yourself on the sharp end of it. Yeah, exactly. So mostly bad, but it can be good for you. 
My point here isn't to reheat the debate, but rather to see how it feeds into the rationale that men are in some way responsible for what contemporary women have become, and how they'll progress if men don't assume some responsibility for women's behaviors. Hypergamy is pragmatic, but it's also inherently duplicitous. It's unjust and unforgivable to a guy who doesn't measure up to his burden of performance. When you consider the war brides dynamic, it's downright reprehensible, but we also have to consider the pragmatism in that dynamic. From a male perspective, we want to apply masculine concepts of honor and justice to women's action, and in the past, there was a high price to pay for infractions of it. But are we presuming our concept of justice is one that's universally common to that of women? Much in the way we were BP conditioned to presume that our idealistic concept of love was mutually shared by women, I would propose that men's concept of justice, honor, and respect, uh, from a bedroom fund perspective, are dissimilar from those of women. For women, whatever actions serve hypergamy, those actions are justifiable. All that needs to be sorted out is reconciling those actions with the concept of justice held by men. In the bedroom fund arena, what best serves men's imperatives is justice. Up until the bedroom fund revolution, the balance between the uh, the gender's concepts of justice was mitigated by mutual compromise. Each had something to lose and something to gain by considering the other gender's imperative. For roughly the past 70 years, this balance between the two concepts has has listed heavily to the feminine. Our age has been defined by women's unilateral and ubiquitous control of hypergamy, and as such, it's women's bedroom fund imperative that's biologically and sociologically setting the course for future generations, along with the unprecedented control that comes with prioritizing women's concept of justice above that of men's, We can see this evidence in every law, social convention, or social justice movement that entitles women to rights and privilege that free them from any accountability for the negative consequences their hypergamously based behavior would hold them to um, rather than the justice that men would have. I would also argue that women's inherent solipsism reinforces the separation of concepts of justice between the genders. So Rivellino had a good take on Twitter. Number one, the woman is always the victim. Number two, nothing is her fault. Number three, she is not responsible for actions. Number four, a man is to blame. And number five, any fault is always a quote-unquote strength. The problem I see assigning the blame of women's behavior to men's lack of control is that presently men have no real control. Nor does men's concept of justice align with that of women. There's a manosphere idiom that says women are the gatekeepers of bedroom fun while men are the gatekeepers of commitment. I'm not sure I completely agree with that. Um, that's not to be defeatist or any endorsement of a MGTO course of action, but it's to say that if a man has neither the bedroom fund appeal to be a short-term bedroom fund prospect, nor the provisioning appeal to be a long-term investment, women feel entirely justified in acting in the best interests of hypergamy and controlling his capacity with, for commitment, which means he is invisible. All right, back to this video. Sign number four. You're starting to get annoyed. You're now the one opening snaps and not responding. You're saying you're too busy to hang out in order to send a message. You're hesitant to commit to future plans because you don't know the future of this relationship. You snap at them more than usual. All those cute little things that used to make you laugh, they're really annoying. And here's the kiss of death. If their name pops up on your phone or they walk through the door at the end of the day and you feel dread and not excitement, that's a sign that you're over this person. Yeah, what this is, guys, is... Um, so, here's the thing. If you as a man are acting like a loser, right? 
if you're acting like you're below her, if you put her on a pedestal, if you, you know, are always available and treat her like she's gold, um, and, you know, um, you sacrifice everything for her, then she knows she has you, and the second she knows she has you, that's when the disdain sets in, right? When she knows you'll never leave, it doesn't matter what you do, um, you're gonna, what she does, you're gonna stay, there's no boundaries, she can just do whatever she wants. All of that leads to resentment, it leads to disdain, it leads to disgust, and then she will start to give you the cold shoulder and she's gonna go and sleep with Chad. She's gonna go sleep with another guy. Because you're not a man at that point. You're a mouse, you're a loser, you're weak. And because you're weak and a loser, there is absolutely no point for her to be with you. Hypergamy wants a man who's superior to her, not inferior. So... Uh, that that's that's the deal, right? So keep that in mind. If you're not competitive, strong, successful, better than other men, able to get other girls, um, you know, charismatic, uh, able to you know lead a relationship. If you're not able to do these things, and when I say relationship, I don't mean like a LTR necessarily. Um, because there are other kinds of relationships. You could have a NMG. You could have a non-monogamous girlfriend. Um you know, like you're not monogamous and she's one-sided monogamous to you. You could have, uh, you could be in a friends of benefits arrangement where you have multiple girls and you're not really serious with any of them, whatever. But you need to know how to lead all of these, right? If you don't know how to lead these, then again, you're going to be miserable. So there you go. And the fifth and final sign, you're questioning whether or not you have the same values. If you're starting to feel like you're losing yourself, For example, maybe you're drinking more than you'd like. You're spending less time with your friends. You're skipping the gym. You're only doing things, for example, like listening to certain types of music because it interests them. This is a major problem. If you're losing yourself or whatever. Like, again, what is this woo-woo nonsense? Not anywhere did she say... uh, This is just all rationalization, right? Rationalization after the fact. Fuel, right? None of it says, women, be fit, be bedroom fund loyal, be cooperative, be submissive, you know, um, like, be pleasant, uh, you know, cook for your man, clean for your man, like, be feminine. Like, where is she saying these things, right? Where is she saying what men want? Where, like, where is she saying what women want, right? Like, what, like, what women's nature is and, and what, like, men need to do, right? She's not giving that advice. She's just giving like, you know, you decide to break up with a guy because you're just not feeling it anymore. And here are some, some, um, here are some uh, ideas you can use to rationalize why you, you killed your relationship after the fact. Like, no, this is all wrong, guys. It's terrible. If there isn't a balance between the two of you, you will always feel like a less important part of the relationship because you are. Now, here's a quick test to see if you're losing yourself. Just go out alone tonight with your friends. Yeah, going out alone is a no-no. There is no going out if you're in a relationship. Girls night out or whatever. What? That's literally seeking the attention of other men. Again, do you see what I'm saying, guys? Like, what is this? This is like the worst possible advice you could give a girl. Worst advice.
And if it feels like a relief because you can finally act like yourself, that's a sign that this is not a relationship for you. I bet what you're doing is you're confusing chemistry for compatibility. You see, chemistry is like a match that gets lit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so when she says you're, you're confusing chemistry for, for um, you know, whatever. So chemistry is what's caused by Chad, and then the other one is what's caused by Beta Billy, right? And what she's saying is, um, yeah, compatibility or whatever. So, you know, Chad makes you feel uncertain and you want to sleep with him, but no, you should find a nice guy to be with, right? And obviously, that's after you've chased Chad. Like, this is, this is nuts. Okay. This is, like, maybe the worst dating advice I've ever commented on. <laughs> Man. Okay. Reddit article. Uh, posted 16 hours ago on relationship advice. My wife, who's 33, wants to go on a holiday to Bulgaria with strangers and an Instagrammer that wants to guide her around. How can I approach this? And he's 33. So my wife for five years, 11 years together, is following a guy on Instagram. Already a red flag. In one of his posts, he invites people to come to Bulgaria so he can guide people around to show his beautiful country. He's a survivalist and that's why she follows him. My partner would like to go for a week. I feel uncomfortable with the fact she'll go alone to a country we've never been to, with people she's never met, to a guy she doesn't know personally. She also doesn't know how many people actually go. I feel it's unsafe and naive how to approach the situation. She is not being naive. This is called a shit test. If you let her go, your relationship is dead. Um, and that you even let her follow this Instagrammer guy is already a very bad sign. No, we're not out here going on solo trips alone with sweaty men. No, that's a no. You say no to this. You. Let, I wonder if anybody will give this advice. Let's look in the comments. Top comment, Bulgarian here. Dude, do whatever you can to stop your wife. This screams scam and human traffic. She doesn't speak the language and it's easier for idiots like this survivalist to pick innocent women for scummy reasons. I know people might disagree with me, but block uh, the damn door if you must. I'm completely serious. Okay. Uh, yeah, 1.3k upwards. Seriously? This is dumb as hell and the fact that your wife thinks it's a good idea is concerning. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, or it's a scam where she pays money beforehand and when she gets there, she realizes no such thing happening and she's stranded in a foreign country. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. So don't be doing this dumb crap. But anyway, it's, it's bad even if it's not a scam. All right, guys, uh, we're going to end the video there. Again, if you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with, with exclusive content. Posting weekly, newly revamped, patreon.com slash the blog. Just go there and subscribe. Um, you could also drop me a donation like Tom M here. Shout outs to him. Uh, again, if you took the time out of your busy day to listen to the end, you guys are wonderful. Uh, take care of yourselves, guys, and I will see you next time.